Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I'm Greg. And I'm Erin. We've been married for 31 years. We're marriage counselors, and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Greg, I think this episode is so important. Today's guest is going to talk to us about what do we do when we feel stuck in our marriage? You know, either you've drifted apart or there's been something that's caused a crisis within the relationship. Yeah, it's so difficult, you know, when, when, when you feel helpless and hopeless in your marriage. And, you know, we have some good friends that went through a very dark, extremely difficult season in their marriage based on some infidelity. Mm-hmm. But it was such a joy to watch them, to walk with them mm-hmm. kind of through this, such a painful season to mm-hmm. see just God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Remember, I mean, that was that, that was hard. It was hard walking with them. And yes. we know what we're doing. I mean, we're marriage counselors. But what I will say is it was amazing to see how God showed up yeah. and surrounded our friend, the wife, with just godly, godly female friends who were there for her anytime she felt like she wanted to quit. You know, just to throw her hands up and walk away, they would stand with her, pray with her, and encourage her to stand firm. And she did. And all these years later, they are still happily married, and they actually had more kids as a result of um, continuing in their marriage. Yeah, I remember, like kind of you were saying with her. Just the many, many conversations in the evening mm-hmm. with with him, mm-hmm. in in you know, I mean, what helped was that he came clean. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he understood what he had done. He wasn't mm-hmm. trying to hide it mm-hmm. any longer. He owned it. But remembering just so many of those conversations were around, what do I do? I mean, yes. I I, I want to fight for my marriage, and she's so hurt, so shut down. I don't know what to do. I'm you know, I'm still trying to just get completely separated from that person that he had had the affair with. Mm -hmm. I mean, that doesn't happen in Mm -hmm. an instant or overnight even. And it was, I was so honored to be able to walk with him through Mm -hmm. that season. But boy, that's a long journey. Absolutely. And who teaches us how to walk through something like that? Most couples have never walked through any situation as intense as that. And so it's so important to surround yourself with wisdom, whether that be a licensed Christian counselor, a pastor, godly friends, a mentor couple, someone who can help guide you through that process of healing. Yeah. And like you were saying, I mean, God's miracle within their marriage, when you have two people who maybe have no clue of how to walk forward, but they're mm-hmm. both willing yes. to at least keep day by day walking forward to see what the God of this universe, mm-hmm. you know, the miracle maker, he was so in their corner. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said today, they have such a beautiful marriage, not perfect, obviously, mm-hmm. but where God has brought them and now how they're able to walk alongside other couples. And, mm-hmm. and we've had those conversations with them. God has just opened the door for them to walk through that similar issue mm-hmm. with other couples who found themselves dealing with infidelity. And so it's just, it's a great, beautiful picture of what God can do. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that is, though, as well, is just understanding that there's some important things not to do and to do. And so mm-hmm. actually, we've created a little PDF mm-hmm. in in that's called Recovering from an Affair. Mm-hmm. And it's just all the work we've done over the years and met with our Hope Restored counselors as well as our licensed counselors here at Focus and kind of crafted the what to do, what not to do, and really the the best way to to journey forward if this Mm -hmm. is a situation that you're dealing with. And so we'll put a link 
to that PDF here in the show notes. And we've got some great segments coming up. Later on, we'll hear an interview from Nick White, um, one of our Hope Restore therapists, as he discusses what to do if your spouse has broken trust in the marriage. We'll also hear a question from one of our listeners, which we love, and she wants to know how her and her husband can get to a point where they are doing things together again. You know, it changes throughout the season, so that'll be a great question. But first, we had an insightful conversation with Dr. David Clark. He's a Christian psychologist, popular speaker and author with some great insights into saving your marriage. Let's listen to the conversation we had with David. David, do you believe that there is good news when it comes to a bad marriage? So what, what is that? It is very good news. You are not alone. Mm. I'm telling you what, it's a huge club. In fact, it involves every single married couple who ever got married. <laughs> marriage is hard, mm-hmm. hard, mm-hmm. hard, hard. It's hard for the blonde and I. You don't know the blonde. He's not easy to live with. I'm just, I'm just telling you. <laughs> yeah, Erin's looking at me because she, I, I have white hair, so she's saying it's not easy to live with the white hair either. <laughs> yeah, the white. Um, well, and sometimes mine is more blonde. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> just depends. It depends exactly. <laughs> yeah, because two fallen humans trying to mm-hmm. figure this out, how to live together and, and grow together, certainly, yeah, we are going to mm-hmm. run into those hard moments. Well, mm-hmm. it's the worst, human, humanly speaking, the worst idea anybody ever came up with. <laughs> okay, God knows what he's doing. It's his idea. Okay, then. <laughs> yeah. And we are going to hurt each other in, in our humanness. And so yeah, I love what you're saying. The good news is we're not alone. And so then, David, you go on to talk about three types of struggling marriages. What are they, and can you unpack those for us? Yeah, I think it's very important to identify yeah, what category you fall into. Psychologists love to categorize and label. I have <laughs> my career doing that. I'm not stopping now. So <laughs> we have the, I mean, the best case scenario, in my opinion, is, look, we're, it's called the we're unhappy but willing to work on it marriage. Uh, and in fact, in all the all the almost 40 years of working with couples, I won't work with a couple unless they have two persons. And it could be an absolute disaster. I've seen the worst. I don't care, and God doesn't care. We, we can fix this if we take the right steps. But that's only going to work if each of you, and this is in a first session or even pre-first session, i got to have two people that are willing to say, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm at least no guarantees here, but I'm going to give it my best shot. So this is a very classic. We're not doing well. We admit it. We're miserable here. Okay. But we are both willing to really work on this. That's the couple I want to see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's bad, but but we have people that are willing to, okay, we're both kind of on the team here. We love Jesus, hopefully, and we're going to we're gonna get through. So that's number one. And there, and there are certain, uh, certain categories of that, but you know, the, the passion is gone. We're boring each other to death. Sandy and I got into that that rut, and of course, years ago. I wrote a book about it, and everything's fine. But we, we, we went through a phase, which, which was tough. We were raising four kids, and they'd kind of taken mm-hmm. over, look at each other, and go, whoa, we, we have lost our mojo. So that's one uh, op, you know, one option in the we're unhappy. Yeah. Uh, and then, it's, of course, the marriage is another option is really in trouble. We know it. Nobody's talking divorce, but we're in real trouble. Or like I just said, it's all about the kids. Mm-hmm. And a lot of parents, especially Christian parents, will fall into that category. It's all about Timmy and Susie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that... Yeah, the child-centric yeah. home. Right. And man, the marriage, as you two know, dies on the vine. There's your parental unit. You have lost it. 
whoa. And of course, that's the the irony is that's not good for the kids. Right. Mm-hmm. You're, you're you're raising them to think this is what marriage is. Well, they don't. As we're finding in this society, kids increasingly don't want it because hey, uh, might as well live together because uh, what I saw in my home wasn't any good. Right. Right. Well, well, we don't want that. That's for sure. And so often, I will tell the couples I work with. You know, you are laying the blueprint or the DNA for marriage for your children. And what do you want them to see? And like you're saying, so often couples will focus so much on the kids when it doesn't feel safe um, emotionally between the two of them. They start connecting deeper with the kids and putting their attention elsewhere. And like you're saying, it just doesn't work. Nope. Nope. You are. You are giving them that bad idea about marriage. And then, of course, as we know, once that last kid leaves, you lose your last buffer, you got absolutely nothing mm-hmm. going on. And right. that that's mm-hmm. a lot of couples will, will just divorce at that point because it's like, wow, we're done. Right. Mm-hmm. And they feel lonely. And in, in as they've focused on work, kids, all of that, and now all of a sudden they're going, yeah, we're just, we're married roommates. We're alone in marriage and they, they won't hang in there when they feel yeah. that level of mm-hmm. loneliness. Mm-hmm. So besides that we're unhappy, but we're willing to work on it, what are those other categories? Here's number two, and this is a classic. Of course, we've all seen this for years. This is one spouse willing to change, one spouse will not change. Mm. Mm-hmm. They don't want a divorce, they're comfortable. Th- this is almost always the guy, could be the woman, but this is, I'm, I wrote a book years ago called I Married a Stick and Now I'm Stuck. Oh. Oddly enough, no one published that book. I'm, I'm still kind of shocked about that. So Dr. Clark changed the title and got some other publishing house to, <laughs> to publish it. Anyway, but this is okay. I, and this is, of course, happens a lot. I'm, I will do whatever it takes. I, I, I love my spouse. I, or if I don't, I'm willing to work. And we got a stick who is like living with a couch. They are simply not going to do anything. Mm. You've tried. You've prayed. You've dragged them to the pastor. They may have gone to one-time marriage counseling. They're not going to do the homework, so what do you do? This is classic. There's a way through, uh, but it's going to take some tough love with that person. Otherwise, this is the marriage you've got. This person will live and die the next 40 years doing nothing. Well, that okay, that's not going to work. So we have to kind of get a light of fire under that person. Hmm. Mm. And, and what happens then in that situation where kind of the, the stick spouse is you, I love how you say that. Well, when, when they really want to then work on the marriage, how should that other spouse then respond? I mean, how do they know that that's sincere? Yeah, great question. We're going to send Mr. Stick, let's say it's Mr. Stick, because women buy my books and that's just the way it is. Right. So we, we all, the, the, the man, you know that. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Why don't you talk about the woman? Well, because uh, men don't buy books. Anyway, so you're going to, you're going to say, okay, I, I need to be sure because, you know, trust has been this might be years or months. And so I, I'm not quite sure. And it could be a fake thing. So you're going to send that. You've already got a psychologist picked out. Last name, hopefully a Smalley or a therapist. We don't know. But anyway, <laughs> you, you will send them to the therapist you trust, you know, for a couple of sessions because that person's got some issues. Why, why did you why did you take this approach? And of course, there's a deeper level of why didn't you want to change for this length of time? So they've got some personal work to do. That's a pre-step to any kind of couple work. We want to make sure they are serious. And along with that, what what remove some personal blocks to the process that's about to come up. I see that more and more, and the two of you do too. People are not mm-hmm. ready for marriage work. They're not. They're so messed up, uh, issues in the past, abuse, mm-hmm. breakdown of the family. We've got a lot of messed up people out there, so that's okay. Right. 
But you've got to do that individual work. In fact, both might have to do that. Mm-hmm. In this case, we're talking about the stick. It could be the stick ed or somebody else. You And so some of those initial steps, couple of months of that could be hugely important. And so then when you see them as a couple, we can hit the ground running. Mm. How, how long does it usually... So if if someone is that stick and just doesn't want to work, what's usually going on? I mean, is that a hard-hearted? Is that a just obliviousness, fear? I mean, what do you usually see as the the big reason behind the, the stick behavior? Yeah, a, a lot of the guys I see that would be the stick category. Partly it's you're a man, and, and there's some issues there. Part, a lot of it is how you were raised. I, I ask about the guy's dad, sure enough, the original stick. I mean, you you have learned from the master. And you probably saw a mom that put up with it and you know was was unhappy, but this is so you so they learn that and it's a it's an entrenched pattern. And these guys are frightened to death of any kind of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Don't have a clue how to develop it. And you know, men are under control. And so if I if I can't do that, I'm not good at it, I just not gonna do that. Right. Hey honey, I, I work, I bring home the bacon, I, I clean the toilets. That's not what a woman wants. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, she wants some of that. Right. She wants closeness, and so they're frightened of it. So if I've got a, a guy that will admit that. And work through some issues. I've got a guy that I can work with because, with God's help, you in fact you can have breakthroughs, and you can mm-hmm. please that lady and open up. I say the only person humanly you have to open up to is Gladys or whatever your wife's name is, and, and that's that's going to be hard enough. But not everybody, not the lady in the grocery line. Who cares? It's just going to be that yeah. woman. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's we have to kind of motivate them to get over that barrier and boy and i try to sell them on okay this will be happy your wife will be happy which makes you happy we all know that Mm -hmm. but also god will be pleased he will honor you and it's good for you i'll say you know what buddy it's good for you yeah 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 definitely some major physiological changes go on when that connection happens because of all the oxytocin and dopamine and on and on Um, definitely lots of connection going on when they actually choose to turn toward and and work towards that connection. Oh, yeah, the guys, and you've had this too, I know, Greg and Aaron, the the guys that get it say, I didn't know what I was missing. I Mm. didn't have a clue. Oh, I'm happy. I'm I'm healthy. Uh, The whole family benefits here. Oh, my goodness. So there's a lot of hope. They just have to get the work done. Don't, don't dig in and go, this is, you know, I, I, this is all you're going to get, sweetheart. No, no, God doesn't support that. I really appreciate Dr. Clark's encouragement and his practical advice yeah. for couples who are struggling and maybe have been through a crisis. As I work with couples, and many of them are in crisis, it's important for them to feel hope. And so really, a lot of the times, I feel like my job is to infuse yeah. hope into their relationship and into the individual hearts. Yeah. You know, we, we say that a marriage can survive off of someone else's hope for a season. Yeah. And I love that you can provide that. So let's talk about the help part. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, you know, what, what do you do when your spouse doesn't want to work on the marriage? And I would say first and foremost, and maybe this feels cliche, but I'm telling you, it it is so empowering when you really understand what can I control and what can I not mm-hmm. control. And the mm-hmm. reality is, if your spouse doesn't want to work on the marriage, I mean, you can certainly share that. Um, I'm sure it's been shared before, and that's why it's important to remember. You know, you can always lead by example. Mm-hmm. You have amazing influence in the marriage. Well, I actually have several 
individual women that are coming in working on themselves, but they inquired initially about marriage counseling and their spouse was unwilling to come, but they're continuing to come. And so cool this morning, one of these gals that has been working with me individually her husband came, Ooh. came with her. Now we're not doing marriage counseling. Now we say he's a guest in the individual session, yeah. but we were able to work through some marriage stuff that's yeah. impacting her. And so you just never know the influence you're going to have. I mean, that's powerful. And I think what you were highlighting is, again, as I think about, I mean, I can influence our marriage. So therefore I want to keep doing the, the things that I believe are important, the things mm-hmm. that I want to see. So I keep modeling, leading by example, mm-hmm. and and that's not to marginalize or to minimize the pain mm-hmm. of going. Oh, but it takes two to have a great marriage, which mm-hmm. we agree. Yes. But that individual, like you were saying, the two women that you're working with, you know, they they can influence, you know, their marriage, in mm-hmm. really paying attention again to the the self care part of this. Yes. You can't give what you don't have, and this is going to continue to drain you. Making sure that. You're really paying attention to, in this season, maybe when my spouse doesn't want to get help or mm-hmm. work on the marriage, mm-hmm. what do I need to do to make sure that my heart stays open? Mm-hmm. Because I, I would still argue, and I know you agree with this, that when a spouse doesn't want to work on the marriage, you can continue to do the work. You can continue to to try to move things forward, influence, but at some point that heart begins to be so discouraged that you shut down and it eventually hardens. Mm-hmm. And we have seen it right plenty of times to where now the other spouse finally goes, all right, I'm ready to work. Yeah. And the one had let their heart really harden. Yeah. And that's why I will often use the term, how do you wait well? Yeah. Oh, you wait good. well cared for. So when they are ready to work, you're still ready. You're open to that. And so it's important that you are caring for your heart so you can wait well. Yeah. But I like that. Yeah. What else? What else the, helps well, someone wait well? What I was well? going to say is I'm sure there's people listening going, okay, so you're leading by example, you're influencing the relationship, you're, you're taking care of your heart, mm-hmm. but is poor behavior allowed in the no. meantime? No. Absolutely not. And so really what that means is you have to set healthy boundaries. And it's helpful if you are an individual counseling that you can talk through you know, what are healthy boundaries in this situation? What's appropriate behavior? What's not with your individual therapist? And so it's helpful to have someone that you can trust that creates a safe place for just you, for your voice to be heard, for your pain to be acknowledged, and and to have that encouragement of setting those healthy boundaries, because sometimes it's hard. Yeah, Aaron, I so agree. I mean, setting boundaries is so important. And that's really what David Clark is is talking about in his book, mm-hmm. and it's throughout his book that he's really encouraging that. So if you want to learn more about healing your marriage after a crisis, we have Dr. David Clark's book here at the ministry for a gift of any amount. It's called I Don't Want a Divorce, a 90-Day Guide to Saving Your Marriage. You know, it's because of financial support that we're able to do this podcast. So please donate and get that book today. Yes, and if your marriage is in crisis and you need help, you can find healing at Hope Restored. It's a week-long marriage intensive to help you and your spouse heal and reconnect. All the details will be in the show notes. So we're excited to have one of our Hope Restored therapists, Nick White, with us today. And we're going to discuss what do we do 
when your spouse has broken trust in the marriage. So welcome, Nick. We're excited to have you with us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on today. Um, Nick, what would you say are some major signs that a couple might need some outside help, i.e. they might need counseling, they might need to seek a mentor, or maybe even come to a marriage intensive? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would say, um, you know, to you and I in this conversation, some of these things might be obvious, but for the person going through those things, it might not be so obvious. Some of those things, I would call them some red flag warning signs. Things like uh, physical abuse, um, you know, that is something, obviously, there's no room for that in a, a relationship. Sure. And if that's happening, that seems obvious. An extramarital affair, um, mm. that is truly one of the most painful things a marriage can experience. And going through that kind of betrayal and everything that can come with that, uh, you really just can't go through that type of recovery alone. And so I would say outside help is so critical there uh, in just so many uh, ways in how uh, affairs can impact the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, several others, I would say, um, if there are emotional problems uh, maybe that are cropping up, um, you know, these are things that are often reactions that indicate something's out of balance. In the relationship. I mean, it might show up in the form of anger, depression, anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, an abnormal amount of stress or guilt. Uh, Those things, you know, aren't uncommon, um, but certainly if left untreated, they can worsen. I would say destructive patterns uh, can be Mm -hmm. something else that you might start to see. Uh, If you're experiencing, um, you know, the same problem, over and over again, and you have the same reactions to that, uh, that sounds like a rut. Mm -hmm. And couples can easily get stuck in ruts, and it can be hard to kind of break away and know how to do something different. I would say um, some other examples would be uh, if withdrawal starts to be present in the relationship. You know, if either spouse, you know, is dealing with some pain or feeling something inside the relationship that they just can't take any longer. Maybe they physically pull away or even just emotionally start to pull away. Um, that can definitely be a sign that something is wrong. And and, and that might be that uh, a couple is just to a point where, where they just don't care or you know, a spouse is to a point where they just don't care. Which kind of shows almost like a, a hardness of the heart. Kind of there, yeah. that apathy sets in. Like I just really don't care. Nick, we we kind of qualified the question: is what are some major signs that a couple, you know, when they might need outside help? How would you? Mm-hmm. What's the difference, or how would you encourage someone to think through? When is it time for the couple work versus you're not ready for that? You really need to focus on, you know, as individuals getting help. Like how do you kind of coach a couple to understand when they need marriage therapy versus individual therapy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The couple's aspect, certainly whatever may be happening is when it impacts the marriage, um, there's going to be things that are going to be necessary and needed that if a couple is at a point where they're both willing, they're both open to go towards something, that might be the point where they just need to 
go ahead and try and reach out and connect with a counselor or maybe look at an intensive option um, if there is that openness or willingness. If something, I would say the biggest difference, you know, if there is something that's standing in the way, maybe there's an addiction, maybe there is a substance problem, or um, there's been in a relationship, there's an ongoing connection to another person um, that might be interfering or blocking anything that the marriage could be able to try and go towards because the the individual you know needs to address those things at the personal level yeah especially like a domestic violence right yeah yeah there has to be that ownership if you will i mean it really is uh, we're talking about um i would say a personal responsibility here being able to take ownership and say you know something's off i have a problem uh, there's something that's blocking and impacting uh, our marriage and so mm-hmm. i need to be able to ask for help and to go towards whatever resources are needed because if we try to do that backwards and address sometimes with the marriage first anything that might uh, be offered to the marriage, might go in one ear and out the other Mm -hmm. uh, because they can't receive it. They're not in a place to hear that yet because something is still needing uh, addressing at the individual level. Mm, Yep, that's so good because the individuals make up the marriage, and so the healthier those two individuals are, the healthier the marriage will be. So what do you say, Nick? So let's say someone is in one of those situations, their spouse has an addiction or they are having an affair or have had an affair or they are viewing pornography. What does that other spouse do when the trust in their marriage has been broken? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the person who has been hurt. Yes. For them, you know, our human nature in that moment, we, we want relief. You know, we don't want to mm-hmm. feel this. We didn't ask to go through mm-hmm. this. We're desperate to make sense of it and know what what's happening and why. And when something like that happens, often, you know, that person is in shock. You know, I kind of think of it like uh, if a bomb goes off, mm. you know, there's that ringing in your ears. You're disoriented. It's really hard to make a um, good decision or to be able to think clearly about something because that's the level of impact of how it's hit you. And so sometimes in that moment, you know, we need to be able to stop the bleeding of that. So there's things that that person who's hurting, they need the most. Sometimes they need some support around them, others to kind of come around them, you know, to help maybe an inner circle of whether it's family or friends or a pastor or counselor, someone they can lean on just to be able to, um, you know, know that they're supported and not alone. But they really, this person needs to be able to to come up for air. Sometimes they mm. need to be able to take some space to be able to just say, right now, I'm so close to this, I need to be able to pull back so I can get some perspective. Mm. And so in that, I think there, there's a lot of wisdom. You know, James 1, 5 talks about how God gives us wisdom. You know, He gives that generously to all who ask. And sometimes we need to be able to do that so that we can actually respond or figure out with a clear head what what's going to be the best things for me how can i care for me mm. in this because mm. often often we see 
we see people make drastic decisions. Mm-hmm. They want that pain in the moment to stop, so sometimes they they react back, and, and that can be something that can cause even more damage. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to get revenge, or I'm going to do something because I want you to hurt as much as you've hurt me, mm-hmm. but that never works. Mm-hmm. That never works. So for Nick, for that couple who maybe they're so discouraged, they feel so hopeless, they feel very, very helpless, not sure what to do, they're in crisis, how would you encourage them? Yeah, if I were speaking personally to that couple right now, I would just say, if you don't have a lot of hope right now because of how much you're hurting, borrow some of mine. (sighs) You know, these issues, they didn't happen overnight, and they won't be solved that quickly either. You've got to give yourselves grace grace for this moment and for these days and months ahead of you. You know, it's important to know there's going to be those ups and downs in this process. They're going to have good days, hard days, but no matter what, you've got to give yourself that time to process what you need. You're not on anyone else's time frame, but Mm -hmm. your own. And so being able to go towards needed things, to care well for you, um, that might look like pursuing counseling, maybe individually and maybe then together with someone who specializes and knows how to care well for someone impacted by this kind of uh, betrayal or this kind of trauma, Um, reaching out to maybe uh, other couples or someone that maybe is a little bit further ahead of you in life. Maybe they've gone through something similar. They can rally around you and give you support. Um, You want to be able to make sure that you give the time that's needed for for this, though. I, I've often given the analogy of consider any effort that you make to work on your marriage. Think of it like a part-time job. Mm. If you're willing to go towards this, you know, if, if your household is struggling financially and you pick up some extra income, whatever that might look like, um, that takes some sacrifice, some time away in the same way. You know, look at it this way, you know, as if it's a part-time job. You know, your marriage is going to need that time and space to work towards things, to care well for you, to heal. Um, That's what's going to really, you know, give you that that healing advantage is to be able to take care of you and give yourself that time that you need. Because, Nick, I know that as you work with couples in our Hope Restored program, I mean, you have seen miracle after miracle after mm-hmm. miracle. I know that there's been situations where you're like, there's no way this couple's going to make it. And to watch how God shows up, that's why we call it Hope Restored. That's right. Yeah, it is really um, remarkable that the pain that we see often when a husband and wife each uh, maybe are given a voice to know that their heart matters, their pain matters, and they have room to matter. And they have a safe way forward to be able to connect, maybe in a way that they've never been able to, maybe for years or even decades. It can be life-changing when they have those tools. And it can change the trajectory of a marriage, of a family, just for decades to come. Boy, I so appreciate Nick, you know, just hearing him. He is such a soothing voice in such mm-hmm. great insight. Yeah. I guess he's one of those 
therapist I could just listen to totally. over and over and over again. You know what stands out to me, Greg, is the importance of the individual who's been offended, hmm. that they allow their hearts to grieve, they care for their hearts, they give themselves time and space to heal, because so often it's like, I just want to rush through this. I want to get to the other side of it, because like he said, we don't want to feel that pain. We didn't ask to feel the pain. So, so important for those individuals um, to take care of themselves, especially the one who's been hurt. Yeah, because it, it really is such an honor and privilege to watch God do those miracles within Hope Restore. I mean, I led these these group intensives for yeah. a long time and, yeah, and we I was led amazed. them together yeah that and, was fun remember and, we'd always feel so convicted <laughs> if something was going on in our own marriage it's totally. like we would almost have to stop the work and walk outside and apologize or repair or something <laughs> totally <laughs> but it's it we did we saw miracle after miracle after miracle totally it's such a such a great program well now we're going to move on to our weekly q a the part of the show where we answer your burning questions about marriage. Please send us your questions. This is how we can best connect with you. Go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of the show page to leave us a voicemail. And if your question gets answered on the show, we will send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance, for free as our way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out to us. Yeah. You know, today's question comes from Cindy. Let's listen to the voicemail that she sent in. Hi, I have a question. I am recently retired. My husband retired five years ago. I retired two years ago, and we're having a hard time with retirement and um, adjusting to life again. We do babysit. We have a granddaughter that lives with us, and uh, my son and his wife, and um, they live here, so we we babysit often because she's here, and we have another grandson an hour away. We babysit them, so we are babysitting. But besides that, um, there's no outside interest. My husband has no interest in doing any volunteer work and doing anything together um, to help others or just to do something as a couple. Um, He watches TV when he's not babysitting. So I'm just trying to figure out how we can um, get to another point where we are doing things as a couple. Cindy, thank you so much for your question. You know, really trying to figure out how do we connect or reconnect during this new season that we're in. So many couples struggle as they enter into the season of retirement, figuring out what do we really want this to look like? And so first and foremost, I want to say it sounds like it's been really painful. Um because you have wanted this connection and it sounds like it's been difficult to get it. So this is what I know to be true. One option is that we can complain about it. And so, and sometimes that's the road I take and it doesn't work because when I complain, <laughs> Greg, that. that pushes you away, right? Yeah, I mean, as much as I could say, hey, I should be responsible, I should be able to respond mm-hmm. and hear What's really beneath the complaint? Yeah, if yeah. I if I hear the complaint, I'm probably going to defend or push away. Totally. Yeah. So another option is to sit down and have a conversation about how excited I am that we're in this new season together, and you know, share some dreams about how I really would like this to look. Not complaining or accusing, but just really sharing. Like, I really want to invite you in with me. What do you want this season to look like? This is what I'm looking for. 
And, you know, how about you? Can we dream together about what this season could look like? Yeah, that's a nice way to frame that. You know, Cindy, the other thing that that hit me too was, and maybe you've done this, but we would just encourage you to not personalize his lack of interest in doing more. You know, he he certainly sounds like he's watching TV, but it's easy to then personalize Mm -hmm. that. He doesn't want to spend time with me or is not Mm -hmm. interested in connecting as a couple. If you haven't, you know, really thought through what's below the surface for him now that he's retired, you know, what's going on for him? Because, Cindy, for so many guys, there's a loss of identity. Mm -hmm. I know for me... If I was to retire, I get a lot of my social interaction, a lot of that social connection here at the office with my colleagues. And to retire, I, I would lose that. And mm-hmm. that would cause me to go into a funk. You know, mm-hmm. it's easy then during retirement to worry about financial concerns. So maybe part of what's going on for him is, you know, I don't want to go do all this other stuff because I want to. I don't want to spend money. Mm-hmm. So it's easier for me to mm-hmm. stay home and and watch TV, or maybe he's just lost sight of, you know, some a, a common goal now mm-hmm. in this season. What, what does that really look like within our marriage? What could we be doing together? Mm-hmm. So then how do we establish, you know, shared interests or those common goals, bringing those common goals back? You know, so I, if it were me, I would be looking at, you know, what do we have that we have existing interests in? Yeah. So even babysitting, Gosh, so for babysitting, could we go to the park? Could we do something together that we both enjoy, yeah. even with that child? Talk. Right. Yeah. Or is it that we start walking together, or we pick up a hobby, or you know what is? I pick often a TV show. I mean, he's watching yes, TV. Yeah. So what? What could you guys watch together? And, and do that. Yes. Or even looking at, you know, viewing a video curriculum together that on marriage, you know, would you be willing mm. to do that together? Or even looking back at the very beginning of your relationship, what were the things that you once did together mm. that Good. you could resurrect in this new season? So, you know, all kinds of ideas, you know, of course, it's got to work for both of us. We're on the same team. So how do we find things, you know, that work for you and for me? And we're different. So how do we respect those differences, those different desires? But, you know, really... Um, looking at what do we do to encourage exploring this new season? Yeah. Cindy, hang in there. Like Aaron said, really keep framing it. it I, I so love our time together. I want to spend time together. Mm-hmm. Think about what he's going through. Empathize with that. That's going to create some connection. And then look for some new things or back at some things you used to do in in our hope and prayer is you guys really find some things to connect around. Absolutely. Well, thanks to Cindy for your question and look out for your copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. And if you're listening today and you have questions for us, contact us. Go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of our show page to leave us a voicemail. Thank you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. We hope you feel equipped to work through difficulties with your spouse and build up a healthy connection. Yeah, be sure to like, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We want you to have a seat at the table every week as we help equip you and your spouse to have a lifelong and satisfying marriage. You know, we want to see you grow spiritually 
both individually and together so that you can turn right around and invest in other couples to help them have thriving marriages. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk with you again next week about this crazy little thing called marriage. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.